Welcome, everybody, to the San Diego Padres edition of Worst Take. Um, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, and it's kind of a weird spot because the Dodgers series was looking really good, won the first two games, and then two brutal losses, one in which we faced the wrath of Mookie Betts, so that was a little bit tough. Um, but I still think there's a lot of positive things to take out of these two series. Um, you beat Arizona in the series two to one, and then you tie the Dodgers two and two. Um, but overall, I think through these two series, you kind of learned that this team's bull- bullpen has been improving um, and that maybe the starters aren't quite as good as we thought they were. But at the same time, this team will be will be one and lost from guys like Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr., um, and then some other bats like Tommy Pham and Will Myers. But I think that it's real, this team is really based upon how good are these star players? How good can these star hitters hit? Um, that's kind of where I stand. What are you just your reactions right away, Chase? Uh, yeah, our team is obviously going to be carried by Tatis and Machado. And I would even put Myers and Hosmer in there. There are big signings. Tatis is our superstar that has yet to receive a long-term contract. But other than that, I think our team is going to be carried on uh, three pitchers, and that will be probably Paddock, Lemay, and I'd put Davies in that spot right now because Davies has been pitching phenomenal the last two games. What about you, Isaac? Yeah, that's really true. He he had a he had a great outing in uh, that seven outing, two runs allowed, and even the two runs he allowed were like infield hits. Oh, one bounces off Davies' glove. Um, that was in the Wednesday game, and that one was just that one was tough to watch just because. It seemed like the Padres were going to be able to pull that one out because Davies was dominating. They just couldn't get the bats going. And then in the bottom of the eighth, they put in Mr. Craig Stammen, who just uh, – you just don't want him coming into games, and he allows four runs. Um, I think we're going to get a lot more into Stammen later. But, Isaac, what are your instant reactions for these two series? Uh, Well, I mean, I guess the positive is we left those two series – four and three right yeah four and three um but you know our bullpen's finally starting to come around you know manny's coming around the whole lineup is putting up some runs but i think i think it's just kind of concerning that we're not able to manufacture runs outside of the home run you know all of our runs come via home runs and you know we need to be able to manufacture runs the one game you look at that that didn't happen other than the hedges home run which surprisingly happened um was hosmer bringing in that RBI I think it was an RBI single and that one is the game but I mean two all right series it was definitely a letdown losing to the Dodgers because that's the team to beat in the NL West but I mean you know what more can you ask for than four and three yeah I I like that you bring up that the runs have almost all come from home runs so you look back yesterday obviously two runs are scored both shots in the first um, and then everything just fell apart after that um, a rough outing for Paddock. Um, then the game before the Padres didn't score; they lost uh, zero to six. Um, game before that, six to two. Grand slam from Manny Machado and a solo shot for Profar were the only RBIs. I believe I don't remember who bunted it, but I know there was a bunt where they th- there was two bunts where they threw it to the first baseman, and it's like he came off the bag, so they counted as an error. Um, but that's all of those runs are coming from home runs, and then you go back to. Monday, and one of them is Austin Hedges, and one of them is a hit for Eric Hosmer. Um, so not a lot of runs are coming away from home runs. And then and then you even go back to Sunday, 
yeah, just looking at this, oh my gosh, looking at this whole series. Then you go back to Sunday, and that was the game where the Padres were just hitting everything out of the park. Manny had two, Myers had one, Tatis had one, France had one, and Mejia had one, and scored scored nine. I, I think all of those were off home runs, um, every single run that game. And you go even back to Saturday, and the, the Padres lost two to three. Both of them were Tatis solo shots. So it's it's been tough because basically everything has been from the home run ball. I think that's something that Eric Hosmer can help with. And I know there's a lot of scrutiny around Hosmer, but at the same time, he is a good RBI hitter. Like he acquired, like, I mean, we saw him last year. He just got a ton of RBIs. Um, I, I think this is one of the things where at the beginning of the year, the Potters were getting on base at such a high rate. And and they're still doing all right with it, but they need to get back to that patient at those patient at bats and start playing a lot better like that. That's kind of what I'm thinking right now. Um, but really good that they've been hitting so many home runs at the same time. So I, I think that's one of the things where it's like eventually, like those RBIs are just going to start coming through. Um, I think that you just got to keep keep driving the ball deep and keep trying to just have patient at bats and getting on base. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I would like to see a little bit more gap-to-gap hitting or just more doubles in general because that's where most of our runs should be coming from, not entirely home runs. It should be some doubles. And which, if you look at the stats, we are fifth in the NL in doubles, so we should see a little bit more runs coming off of those doubles, but we're not. We're seeing almost entirely off of home runs. Yeah, um, that's that's my main concern, you know, because they aren't going to come every game. Everyone loves the long ball, but, you know, it's just you look at that game against the Dodgers where it was 6 nothing. I mean, barely any hits, but no home runs, no runs, which is obvious. But And you look at the next game, two home runs, and those are the only runs we scored. So in in 18 innings, we scored two runs off the home run i mean that's just concerning in itself uh we need to be able to manufacture runs you know outside of the long ball yeah i completely agree um tonight's a good matchup uh we have the nelson lamette pitching we're playing at chase field now chase field it's hard to go center but those right and left field walls aren't too deep so hopefully we see hopefully we see some more hits in the gap because that's just a great ballpark to get some of those down you know, I mean, if Tatis hits a, if he goes opposite field and hits a gap to right center, that's almost like a sure triple. So hopefully, see guys driving into the gap, and we kind of see some, the team adapting, I guess, and kind of recognizing like, hey, we haven't been, we haven't been, really been getting a lot of hits or getting on base as much as we need to if we're going to be a legit threat, a legit contender. Um, but I, I still think that like you see where this team is, and I, I think you can see there's a lot of growth. Um, one issue that we had last episode was that the bullpen had been really struggling and it's been a lot better you know on monday they beat the dodgers on a bullpen day where luis perdomo comes in first inning he allows a run and gets out of a jam and then eight innings of run free uh, pitching so that was really good and i think that we've seen okay this like this bullpen's pretty solid um Besides about probably two guys, in my opinion, and that would be 
Luis Perdomo and Craig Stammen. And I think Chase, we were talking about this, Chase and Isaac, we were talking about this earlier, that we kind of are feeling that they need to be sent down and there needs to be some guys called up. Uh, Chase, you want to get into a little bit of like some of the guys that you think should be called up to take those spots? Uh, sure. So for the pitching eyes, I still think that uh, Gore can be brought up maybe not straight from and even be used in the bullpen. Just kind of how Patino is and slowly be brought into the league would be a good idea. Uh, we still have Jimmy Yacobanis, who could be, who could thrive in the bullpen role, maybe not in the starting role that he was before. Uh, we still have Baez, who was showed that he could be a very viable bullpen arm. He had like a three ERA from all his appearances last year, and if he's healthy, uh, Adrian Morejon. He's shown that he can be a high-velocity left-handed guy that can thrive in the bullpen option that's if he's healthy and doesn't re-injure his shoulder again yeah uh you know you brought up stamin and perdomo and you know it's just they've been getting rocked you know stamin isn't the kind of guy you want in you know, on the mound when you have the lead maybe even not with a four-run lead you know because it's just he seems to consistently allow four runs and, you know, it's just it's getting to that point where why do we keep giving him chances? And then Perdomo, obviously, you know, he got out of that jam. But next, you know, Mookie takes him 500. Not not literally, but uh, <laughs> Mookie takes him deep twice. And I mean, it's just frustrating, you know, because we don't want to see those guys come in anymore. But, you know, I understand who else is there, but. We could bring up guys and, you know, but other than that, you know, the bullpen's looking good now. Obviously that one run game against the Dodgers from the bullpen, that was solid. I mean, I mean, I'm sure we all expected at least five runs, but they proved us wrong to the max. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I like, they come out and it's like, okay, it's going to be a bullpen day. That means that you're going to need to put a lot of runs on the board typically. And especially because up to that point, the bullpen hadn't really been doing that great. Um, they, they had looked to like, progress a little bit in that Arizona series didn't look too bad but I like that a couple of guys that I want to bring up Pierce Johnson Chase you've been super high on Pierce Johnson since the beginning of the season he seems to hopefully have take have, have taken over Stammen's role where he's going to kind of be like that six inning sometimes seventh eighth inning guy but I mean at the end of the day they're going to use Yates, they're going to use Pomeranz, and they're going to use Pagan in those in those spots. And I think all those guys are starting to pitch a little bit better, Pagan especially, because he had struggled a little bit. Um, and he's had a couple good outings since then. And Pomeranz has been dominant. I mean, talk about the contract instantly paying off, at least in my mind, where it's like, okay, like they paid this relief, relief pitcher a lot of money. He better be good. Well, he has been great. He hasn't allowed a run so far. I mean, he's came in in some tough situations and bailed other guys out of a ton of runs that it wouldn't have counted on him, but it would have counted on them. He really like, came in and had some clutch pitching. Um, but I think that this bullpen is going to kind of start taking over where it's like, okay, how did the Padres win? Power and their bullpen. Because that's kind of what everyone thought at the beginning of the year. Like, okay, they have these super, they have these two superstars, Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. They have some other good bats and Eric Hosmer. Will Myers that hopefully can figure it out. You know, they got some young guys coming up. They have Francisco Mejia, who's a great prospect, and still doesn't look that good. And then, of course, Tommy Pham has Tommy Pham's been struggling, but but they're bat from a hitting standpoint, 
they're projected to be pretty solid, and it's like they have good hitting, and they're going to have a really good bullpen. That sounds like it's going to be a pretty solid team. And the bullpen struggles at the beginning, and they're still doing all right. I mean, right now they're what eleven and nine? Yeah, eleven and nine. So that's a solid record for when you had a lot of like bullpen, a lot of bullpen hiccups at the beginning of the season. And it seems like those guys are settling in. Um, I also think that this short season is kind of odd. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys like really struggle. Um, obviously, Manny was struggling, but around the league, Ellinger's been struggling. I know Altuve's been struggling. Um, Mike, Mike Trout was struggling for a while. Obviously, he's turned it around, but a ton of guys have been struggling. So it's been cool to see this bullpen bounce back in a big way. Um, Isaac, any guys that have really stood out to you from the bullpen or, or from the starters as well? Oh, well, honestly, I didn't expect this, but Zach Davies, Zach Davies is pitching great. And, you know, you look at him and you, he's not going to be the kind of guy that, you know, throws mid nineties. He's obviously not that kind of guy, but you look at the movement on his changeup and just his pitching selection and a lot of uh, good stats came up where when he's down 2-0, he normally gets the out after that, but I mean, he's constantly around the zone. Um, He's pitching great. He only allowed two runs to the Dodgers. He just got no run support. But outside of that, you know, obviously Pomeranz is standing out. I I mean, he's looking amazing. But, you know, those two guys are the ones that are standing out to me right now. And Lament, obviously, but I don't want to say the obvious. Chase, what about you? Um, I'm glad that Isaac brought up Davies. He's probably been probably the most consistent outside of Lamette. Richards has had a couple of nice starts. He did have a pretty good start against the Dodgers. I think for what the Padres are paying him and not being able to play really that first year, that he's bouncing back and showing that he could be that veteran ace kind of guy, which it could really help out Patino in the long term. And then Tatis, of course, has been really hot. Cronenworth kind of came out of nowhere, and I really hope he can keep up. Maybe just I know he's not going to keep hitting. What is he batting right now? Three fifty something, or three twenty-five? He's hitting three twenty-five. I'd like to see him stay three hundred, if not be at least hitting two eighty by the end of the year. That could be very solid for the Padres. Uh, Those are the guys that I think have been doing really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then moving on, I think we can't talk about the Padres without talking about Fernando Tatis. Obviously, in this Dodgers series, didn't do as much as he had in the past. Um, but against Arizona, he was absolutely lighting Arizona up. Four home runs in that series and just absolutely dominating them. Um, and that's why this weekend is pro- is, should be really fun because hopefully he comes back and does that to the Arizona pitching staff again. Um I don't know if they're playing Madison Bumgarner, but I sure hope they are because that was absolutely hilarious last Sunday. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but when Will Myers hit his home run, Bumgarner said something to him, and then that's like that's when like the floodgates just opened, and then it was just home run after home run off off Bumgarner, which I thought was awesome because he was basically like chirping at Myers for no reason, just because he held his bat a little bit. Like it was kind of it was kind of dumb, but. I, I thought that was sweet. Um, and Bumgarner is obviously a guy that talks a lot. Um, and he's been really successful, but he's not the same guy that he used to be. So hopefully we, we play against him again because that was very fun last Sunday. 
Um, but Fernando Tatis, he's definitely put himself into the MVP conversation. Um, we've been saying that since the beginning of the year that we hope that like he's going to have that type of year. Um, and let's just go and look at his numbers right now. He's hitting over 300, um, and he has sev- seven home runs. Yeah, seven home runs. Um, he's hitting 304. He has an OPS over 1,000 at 1059. 18 RBIs out of the leadoff spot, which is really, really crazy. Um, and then, of course, he has five stolen bases. And he really hasn't been on, on first base a ton this year. I think that, that those stolen base numbers will probably go up as the year goes on. But 18 RBIs um, among the lead leaguers, he is, the guys that are on top right now are Charlie Blackman, who's hitting like he was hitting like 500 the other day, and Aaron Judge. Both of them have 20. Um, and Blackman hits leadoff a lot, but Fernando Tatis out of that leadoff spot is hitting has 18 RBIs. So. This is this is definitely a dude who's just feeling it right now, and I think this next weekend we're going to bounce back after not really bounce back, but continue to, to succeed after a, a Dodger series where he wasn't wasn't as dominant. Um, but Chase, have you been as excited about Fernando Tatis's start of his career as I am? I have uh, his first hundred games. If you compare them to Mike Trout, he's been better than Mike Trout. I wouldn't say completely, but in some stats, such as, I think, home runs, hits, and average, he beat out Mike Trout in his first 100 games. So if you can keep up that pace, we can see something really special out of the kid. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, how can we not, as Padre fans, how can we not be as excited for Fernando? I mean, can't really think of a player that was as electric, you know, brought so much swagger to the team and just, you know, you look at all the games that we win – I mean, it's it's basically all started by Fernando. You know, Fernando's our guy. Um, I've seen a lot of articles saying he's the MVP favorite right now, but it's kind of hard seeing how Charlie Blackman is putting up God numbers. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, I mean, you know, he's he's our guy. You know, he's our over Manny. He's our leader right now. He brings he brings you know swagger to the team. He brings a lot to the table, and you know we all have to be excited for him. I mean, I got a jersey on the way, so. Obviously, I'm very excited. Yeah, no, and it's it's cool because the league's kind of getting behind Fernando Tatis as well. Um, yeah. One of my friends, he he collects baseball cards, and he had a rookie Tatis card that was worth about eighty dollars at the beginning of the year. He's I think he sold it for eighty or eighty five bucks, and now it's worth over eight hundred bucks already Jesus. this far into the season. So he wow. he was basically telling me like, dude, I messed up so bad. I messed up so bad that I sold that card. And I was just laughing. I told him he should have sold it to me. <laughs> but but that would have been pretty sweet. Um, bringing up like this MVP race, I think that – I think Charlie – got to probably put Charlie Blackman ahead of him now. Maybe Coors Field changes that. But the thing about Blackman is that he, he only has three homers. He's not going to win it like off the long ball. He's going to win it because there's a very good chance that he hits over 400 this year. So he's hitting 472 right now. With the 1,187 OPS. So he has been dominating. Um, but besides him in the National League, I would say Tatis is probably second. Um, and you could even make you can make the case that Blackman's second just because, you know, he only has three homers and Tatis has eight. And Ta- um, But then at the same time, you go, oh, well, the Padres are winning. Well, the Rockies are also winning. You know, they're leading the, the division right now, um, two games ahead of the Padres. 
But I think really what I think that what us Padre fans have to just root for is, all right, Tatis, keep doing what you're doing. Um, and when we play Colorado, let's make sure to get Blackman out every single time because that's going to help Tatis a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, especially at Coors Field. So hopefully Tatis can get a lot of a lot of home runs when we're playing at Coors. Um, and he already had a couple big ones earlier this year. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up about Tatis before we move on, this is probably the biggest improvement I've seen is he has no errors so far this year. And last year, it was clear that he was going to be a very good fielder, but he would be airmailing throws, throwing one-hoppers that, that just weren't very good, um, and just that kind of stuff. So, so I think that that's one of the big things. No errors this year, and he's hanging on to the ball. He's not he's not throwing these erratic throws. He's really cleaned that up. Um, so that's one of the big big things that I've seen. Um I don't know what else, if you guys want to bring anything up about Tatis, but I think I applaud him for really cleaning up those errors. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, MVP numbers right now, he's leading our team in every hitting category as far as average home runs, RBIs. I mean, you know, he's putting us on our back. I mean, it sucks that we have to rely on him for basically everything. I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the way it has to be. Then at least it's on Tatis's shoulders and not anyone else's. Yeah, definitely. Um, and moving on from Tatis, who do who do you guys think um, are gonna like really improve as the year goes on? The big one for me has got to be Tommy Pham because if Tommy Pham gets going, because he's usually hitting three or four, if he gets going and Manny Machado get going, this team could change a lot. Um, this che- for and for the better, definitely. Because if everyone if everyone gets hot or if you have a hot man, if you have a hot Manny Machado and a hot Fernando Tatis, it's hard to lose games. I mean, we've seen that. I mean, he, he's been when those two guys are hot, it's terrifying for other pitchers because Manny Machado is a very streaky player, but when he's on, God, is he on? Um, and Tommy Pham's kind of like that veteran guy where it's like he's he's going to be a consistent player. He's hasn't been that great so far this year. Um, I'm not too concerned about it. Like he's been in the league for so long, where it's like you know what he is as a player, and not what what I take away from it is like, hey, if he's kind of struggling a little bit right now, his numbers will probably average out. So that means that we're gonna get some great play from Tommy Pham as the season goes on, um, and probably down the stretch when they're gonna really need him. So I think that's one of the guys that is okay. Like this dude's gonna be a, an impact player moving forward. The player that what do you I'm, what do you, who do any guys that you have? Yeah, there's one player in particular. I want to see Mejia improve. We all know that he's capable of hitting based off his minor league records. I just wanted to see him put it together. You kind of saw him see something or put something together. You know, he hit that home run to right field. So you're starting to see that he's probably seeing the ball a little bit more. He's hit a couple of ropes out to left field or right field, just straight to the right fielder, straight to an outfielder. So you can kind of or you can kind of see how he's putting his batting together in the major leagues. And maybe if he just gets a little bit more consistent at bats, he will turn into maybe that 260 hitting catcher that we desperately need, which would help the Padres out a lot having an actual catcher that can hit compared to Hedges who hits below 200 almost every year. Yeah. Isaac, what about you? 
Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you, Chase. I want to see Mejia uh, improve. I mean, we know the potential he has. Obviously, he's not as good defensively compared to Austin Hedges, but I think right now we just need that bat in the lineup, and it'd be super beneficial if Mejia can be that, you know, our hitting catcher that we expected so much out of when we traded for him. Um, You know, Tommy Pham's another one, obviously, but I think Mejia is probably the biggest one only because, you know, he's just in a big funk right now. I think he might be in his head too much. or I mean, he's consistently out in front on baseballs that, you know, on off-speeds, what it seems like all the time. But uh, obviously, Mejia, I just want to see him hit. You know, we need that hitting catcher right now. Yeah, I completely agree. And he's one of those guys that, like, yes, there's been some questions about him defensively. But just looking at this season, my opinion, Mejia hasn't been that bad defensively. I haven't seen that many things where it's like, oh, look what Mejia did. I've seen like four pass balls when Austin Hedges is behind the plate. And a lot of them have been in in situations where it messed up the team. There was a time where it gave up a run late in a game and it kind of changed the game. Um, He has been solid behind the plate. Now, in the batter's box, he has struggled. He's hitting 97 right now. And he has that one home run that, I mean, it, it looked like it hit the pole. I think it hit the pole. It was like that one where he hit it to the Petco porch. Um, but the problem is, problem is with for me, I, I'm very high on Mejia. I've always been very high on Mejia because you see how good of a hitter he can be. Um, he has great hitting tools. Um, he, that that was what like why the Padres traded for him. He needs consistent at bats. A young hitter, and, and and like you brought up Isaac, that he's struggling against off speed pitches a lot. Well, that's because he's not seeing pitches that much every day. Like he's not he's not the everyday catcher. And I think if they don't if they don't make him the everyday catcher, I think you're going to see him continue to struggle. That's why every time I see Austin Hedges in the lineup, I'm like, guys, what are we doing? We know what Austin Hedges is. Okay, that's if Mejia is struggling, that's fine. But he's going to get it going. Like, we know that he's going to get it going. Where we also know that Austin Hedges is not going to be a good hitting catcher. Like, that has been – like you now realize that. Okay, Austin Hedges is probably going to hit under 200 the majority of the time throughout his career. Where – who knows, what if Mejia gets going, or what if they end up trading Mejia and then he hits 300 somewhere else because they use him correctly? So that would be my biggest like issue with how the team's been, been utilized so far. I know that we had some issues with the bullpen earlier, um, and I, I still have some problems with how they, they put Craig Stammen in. But if they, kinda, if they can play a Mejia every day or at least like five times every week, five out of seven games, that's something that I think could be crucial for this team because if Mejia starts hitting and he's hitting like 280 or above, that's going to be big at the bottom of the lineup. I brought up how Fernando Tatis has so many RBIs, and oddly enough, a lot of those RBIs are coming from when Jerks and Profar is on base because he walks so damn much. I mean, he's hitting 179, but he walks so much. So if you start getting some some guys getting on base at the end of the lineup, that helps Trent Grisham, Manny Machado, and uh, Fernando Tatis like one two three punch at the top of the lineup because if you have two guys on base for Tatis and there's an outer no outs, that is looking like a good inning. You know, like that that's the guy that he's hard to double up because he's so fast and he hits. He has a ton of hits when there's guys on base like and he just clears the bases a lot. Um, and then you have just this combination of like strong hitters at the top of the lineup where if the bottom of the lineup can get going, that can be a huge, huge thing for the Padres because it puts 
He puts Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Tommy Fan, Trent Grisham, even Eric Hosmer in such better spots. So I think that's something that they got to get figured out. Um, Petra more than second base, because at second base, we've had the emergence of Jake Cronenworth, which I think is it's hilarious because it's like, oh, this guy can do everything. And then I don't know if you guys saw, but the Padres Twitter, uh, they tweeted out this picture, and it's Fernando Tatis, Annie Machado, think it was will myers or eric hosmer one of those guys one of like the the like faces of the team and then cronenworth was standing in between him and i just thought it was so funny that they put cronenworth in that picture but but i mean he's deserved it he's been balling out and he he's been great so far but i don't know i for me catcher is a a much bigger issue than second base right now definitely that picture that picture was sick though it was so sweet, dude. It was so sweet. And I, I, I think I saved it because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to use this for like some like handle or like background later. <laughs> it was a super cool picture. All right. I got yeah. Um, besides that, um, Chase, if you want to lead this off, what are your first impressions of this team and Tingler through the first third of the season? So my first impression with Tingler is that I love what he's done with the offensive side of the ball. He's finally coming around to utilizing the bullpen properly and kind of leaving in starters a little bit longer. Unless they're struggling, we saw he pulled Paddock pretty quickly and didn't let him try to finish five innings after he gave up six runs. Pulled him pretty quickly. I like that. He's starting to understand the pitching situation a little bit more. And I think... When he has used pinch hitters, they have been pretty well-timed and chose properly. So I give him probably like a B, a B-plus for the first 20 games. Yeah, uh, you know, through the first 20 games, I'd say, you know, this is some of the best Padres baseball I've seen so far. Um, You know, we have some guys that are obviously struggling like Mejia. But, you know, hopefully they can come around. We know what they can do. Um, but as far as uh, Jace Tingler goes, um, I'm going to give him a C plus only because, I mean, yesterday was very – I, I got frustrated because I saw Mateo and uh, Olivares in the lineup, center field and left field. And he, that's a big game. You know, it's against the Dodgers. These are games we need to win. I know Grish needs some rest, but, you know, that could happen tomorrow or something. Uh, but, you know – uh, and then obviously some questionable decisions early on with the bullpen and taking out starters too early as far as it goes. I mean, he's improving. So that's uh, I'm glad that he's finally improving, but uh, hopefully he makes a little bit better decisions going forward. Yeah, I agree that some of the stuff he's done has been questionable. Um, but at the same time, when you compare him to a guy like Andy Green, in my opinion, it's night or day. I would probably give Tangler a B so far. Just because it seems like he needs to work out some of the kinks, like with the bullpen, um, you know, stop stop playing Craig Salmon, like stop doing that kind of stuff. Um, and I hope that he does end up playing Mejia more. But overall, we're seeing this team because last season as well, they had a ton of talent on this team. And this year's team is obviously more talented. But it almost seemed like it was just like this talent last year that like wasn't being utilized at all. Like there was just all this raw talent and it's just kind of out there. Tingler seems to kind of finally be able, being able to get production and get wins out of it. Where, and I think actually, probably last season through the first twenty games, the Padres, the Padres might have had a better record, 
but there was a different feel to it where now it's like, yeah, this team's here to stay. Like they're going to be a good team. Um, and that's what I give Tingler a lot of credit for. And maybe it's not all him, but at the end of the day, like he's the new manager and it seems that there's just a new, a new like feel for the Padres and, and their baseball. Um, and you bring up some of the stuff, like you bring in t- veteran Tommy Pham. You have Eric Cosmer, who's a veteran player that, that knows a lot about just how to win. Um, and they do these drills that we brought up before with where they throw off speed pitches over and over again, like just to kind of get like a feel for it. There's a lot of things that have been brought into the into the ball club this year that make it seem like, hey, this team is going to be good for the future. Um, and this season they might have a chance. Maybe maybe they don't even make the playoffs. But you at least see something, and there's at least some belief there. I think they will make the playoffs. I, I think they'll be like one of those teams that hopefully they get out of the first round because the playoffs this year are weird. It's like a three-game series. So I, I actually think that's probably a good thing for the Padres because their first three starters are pretty strong. And out, outside of that, it gets a little bit scary. But definitely a situation where it's like the Padres are looking like a good team. So I got to give Tingler a lot of credit for that. I think that I think that he can definitely make some improvements. But besides that, I've been super excited for him. Um, that's about it for me right now. Chase, is any, Chase or Isaac, anything else you guys want to bring up? Yeah, I just I had a question for you guys. Uh what if or what do you think would happen or would you guys accept if we put Cronenworth in the nine spot and just have him as like a second leadoff in the nine spot so that he can get on base for Tatis? I uh you know, I was actually thinking about that earlier today. Um I so far is doing okay there. I mean, obviously he didn't bat ninth yesterday or yesterday, yeah. But, um, but he's he's getting on, you know, he's getting a lot of walks. But as far as hitting goes, he's not producing much. So I mean, I could see either Profar or Cronenworth. Obviously, Cronenworth is hitting much better. Um, but you know, it, it can go either way. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to having Cronenworth there as a second leadoff. I actually really like the idea of the second leadoff, because uh, you know, obviously Tatis needs runners on to manufacture some runs, some RBIs. So I mean, not a bad idea, Chase. I don't think it's a bad idea by any means. I do think that having Profar, like they've been putting Profar in the nine spot a lot, and he gets on base so much that I think it's been working. Like that, like I brought up how like a lot of the RBIs are coming from him, um, and maybe you have him or a Greg Garcia down there, guys that just consistently get on base. We didn't really talk about Greg Garcia that much, but that's kind of he's one of the reasons why I don't have a ton of questions about second base, just because it's like, okay. Maybe second base is kind of the, the revolving door this year, but you have Cronenworth, you have Garcia, and you have Profar. Um, all those guys get on base. I, I like having them at the bottom of the of the order and having whoever is the catcher at the eight spot and then whoever's at second base at the nine spot. So I like that idea, Chase. Yeah, because I personally like having that high average or guy that gets on base a lot in the nine spot just because – Sometimes that nine spot leads off innings, and you don't want to start it with a guaranteed out. You'd rather have two leadoffs than that guaranteed out. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's a that's a really good point. I mean, you need runners on for Fernando Grisham, Machado. So, and Cronenworth's been producing. It's just a matter of uh, I kind of don't want to see him get less at bats, but from a team perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um think that's about it for this episode unless you guys have anything else to add now uh i mean 
No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, sweet. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back next Friday. Um, hopefully the Padres do well against the Car- – the not the Cardinals, <laughs> the Diamondbacks this weekend. Um, and hopefully we get some more Fernando Tatis home runs. And then next week there is two two-game series against the Rangers, so that will be exciting. And then next weekend we will be playing the cheating Houston Astros. So that is that's where we're at schedule moving forward. I think this week can be a big one. Hopefully we rack up a whole bunch of wins against some ball club clubs that, in my opinion, are just not the same caliber as the Padres right now. So thanks for listening, everyone, and we will talk to you next week.